0: Here is the Boots & Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And I left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots & Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through Alexa. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out.
1: Let's level with America.
0: Got your boots ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking.
1: <laughs> One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you.
0: And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. If it is your first time here, welcome. We have Allison Porter on the show today absolute sweetheart could not wait to get this episode out to you um allison has some new music coming out on friday that we're going to tease for you here at the end of the episode um but first i want to talk a little bit about the conversation at hand like i said we had a blast um if you're new here we don't do a lot of um research of our guests beforehand and this went for Allison as well. We did what we do typically do is we, you know, knew enough, right? I knew she was from my neck of the woods up here in Worcester, Massachusetts originally. I knew she was, you know, Curly Sue, you know, won the voice, you know, things like that. Um now some people might say, well, why don't you do your research for your guests? blah, 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 blah. And I you know, I've heard that a few times lately. And it's not that I don't do research. It's that when I have these conversations with my guests, I want it to be authentic. I don't want to ask questions knowing the answer already. That's boring for me. It's boring for the listener, I think. And overall, it's boring for the guest. You know, Uh, like I just don't, I don't know. But anyway, going off of this, um, all of this is so genuine and such a, Fantastic conversation we had with Allison. that honestly, I hope all of my guests going forward, listen to this episode because this is how it should be. Every episode um, we had fun, we laughed, we cried, we sang kumbaya. It was fantastic. Um, no, there was no singing or crying, but we, I, you know, I had a blast with her in chatting and getting to know her. And like, there were some things that I found out that I just, would never have guessed, and it was awesome i 'm um, not going to give away too much about some of the things that you may or may not know about Allison because we talk about them in the episode, and I hope you're as surprised as I was for a lot of this, so again, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show and you know chatting and just you know being you It was awesome. It was so cool um. Like I said, new music coming out on Friday meant for me will be everywhere. We are going to tease a little bit here at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. Um yeah, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you haven't already go to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the whole nine yards um, boots and whiskey podcast and like, follow, subscribe, share, whatever you do, listen, wherever you're listening, you know, Like, follow, subscribe, you know, all that stuff. I greatly appreciate it. Helps us out a ton. Um, And yeah, we'll we'll see you and talk to you on the end of the episode here. And I hope you enjoy. Without further ado, our good friend, Allison Porter. Enjoy. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off The Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant. A great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville, right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant. Check out the music venue. Again, offtherailswooster.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out.
1: Hey, Allison. Hey, what's up? What's going on, girl? How are you?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm really good.
0: Good. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: of course. You know, when, when I, after I talked to uh, Kata about you, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get it. I gotta reach out to this girl.
1: Yeah. Kata's the best. Love yeah, her.
0: She is. She. Is. And then I saw that you're, uh, you're, you're born right here in, in our neck of the woods in Worcester.
1: I was. I'm a Worcester girl. Yes. That's awesome. Memorial Hospital. That's awesome. How long were you here for? I lived there until I was like five, and then we moved to the West Coast. But I mean, I've I was back and forth my whole life. My grandmother had a dance studio in Tatnik Square. My dad grew up; uh, his house was in Milbury. Um, So, yeah, I was back and forth forever.
0: All right, so so yeah, we're we're uh we are actually right on that one forty six line. Awesome. Yeah, we're uh, we're right on the Mass Rhode Island line. We're over by uh, Southwick Zoo, so
1: by Wright's Chicken Farm. Yes, yes, not far from there. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, it's a oh. it's the most iconic.
0: Yeah, so um, you know, I, growing up here, right? I lived in this area my whole life, and I always preferred the village haven over Wright's.
1: I've never been there.
0: Oh, it was so good. I mean it's still there, but it's under new ownership. Same same kind of deal. You know, family style chicken, but I Really? It was better much than
1: better. rights? I don't oh, know. Yeah. I mean I oh, grew yeah. up on rights my whole life. That was like yeah. our place we went to for everything.
0: Yeah. Oh no, same here. Same here. But yeah, I'm I was a village haven person. I thought it was always fresher. You know, you didn't feel like you were you know, in a chow hall.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. I had one boyfriend that didn't like rights, and my dad still talks about it. He's like, oh, I'm so glad God. we didn't end up with that guy.
0: Yeah, thank <laughs> God. Because, you know. But, like, there was always a secret, though. And I don't know if you know this. You have to go, like, the day they open.
1: Right. On the, whatever it was, Thursday or Tuesday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was Thursdays. They were only open, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or at least.
1: Yep. Thursday. Yep. Oh my, oh my gosh. So that, iconic.
0: That is so funny that you, 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 know, <laughs> you know, uh, Ray know. Super that's know. so awesome. That's too funny. So what's once you leave here and you go, why did you go to the West coast?
1: Um, my mom is a dance teacher, was a dance teacher and she had students on star search. Okay. Yep. And, um, and I went with her to L.A. and I got scouted by the talent scout from Star Search. But I was too young to be on the show. And this is like original Star Search in the 80s. With Ed yeah. um, And they actually ended up changing the rules to allow me to be on. And I was the youngest person ever to appear on Star Search. And I was on for, I think I... Won five times consecutively, and then I won the semifinal, and then I lost in the finals. So, I know. So ridiculous. So, know. basically, that sort of started. I mean, I had already been doing commercials and stuff in, in New York when I was like three. But that kind of started everything moving forward. I got an agent from that, a manager. My mom met my stepdad. They got married. It was like kind of like everything started from that point on.
0: Okay. Now, is that how you got into the whole entertainment biz? Was because mom was a
1: dance teacher? Yeah, my grandmother had a dance studio, um, which is, was kind of like a pretty iconic establishment in Worcester, Charlotte Klein Dance Center. It's still there in Tatnick Square. Um, and she had a student who married a casting director, and he came periodically to the dance studio, you know, like scouting and looking for girls to be in commercials. Um and I, like, again, like, just kind of always was into it and picked up one of the monologues and started doing it. And, you know, he was there to scout the girls and ended up scouting me. And I got an agent and I was doing commercials. And then this happened with Star Search. And it's sort of like after that, it really moved forward, um, like, less commercial, more movies and TV and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's wild. That's a wild ride.
1: Yeah, so, it was crazy. It was a crazy th- couple years between three and five. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you remember any of that stuff, or do you just remember, like, what you see from pictures and maybe old film and, and stuff like that? No, I
1: mean, I have a lot of very vivid memories of everything from Star Search on, I I would say. I mean, even some stuff from commercials before that, but... Um, but no, I mean, I really remember a lot. I remember a lot of the movie times, you know, Parenthood and um, I Love You to Death were, you know, the, obviously in Curly Sue, but like those, those couple of movies were bigger cast like Parenthood and, and I Love You to Death. And I really remember having moments with like, you know, I mean, I was very close to like Steve Martin and Mary yep. Scene Virgin and, River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves, who was in both of those movies. And I just, I definitely have like crazy memories of that time of my life.
0: I'm sure. You know, I love how you just kind of like brush over Curly Sue. Throw
1: out the, oh. (laughs) Oh, by the way. Well, I mean, I feel like it's its own sort of like separate moment in time because it was kind of like the ending of my, not the end, but it was sort of like the swan song to my earlier career, Because after that, I kind of burnt out a little bit between, like, 9 and 11. I was like, I'm good. I've been working, you know, for 10 years. I'm tired. Um, And, you know, but but of course, like, I mean, I, I, I love all of those memories, too. But I think that's when, you know, like, it sort of became more of a job versus, like, I really loved what I was doing for so many years. And then I think you know, I think like some of like the more difficult parts of being a kid actor started to creep up around that time. Sure. So yeah. I think, um, you know, I think that's, uh, kind of where things shifted a little bit for me.
0: Yeah. Now, so when, I mean, uh, I'm sure you hate talking about it and I wouldn't blame you at all, but. You know, when you get cast in Curly Sue, and then for, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, Allison is Curly Sue. You know, it, we'll just we'll just put it out there, okay? The elephant <laughs> is the elephant is in the room, and we've talked about it. Because um, at that point, you're like, what, ten?
1: Yeah, I think I was nine when I got the movie, and maybe ten when it came out.
0: Now, was that something that was brought to you, or did you audition for that?
1: I auditioned, but I think it was one of those things where um, I was a front runner kind of from the beginning. Yeah, Like I, I remember going to maybe one audition and then I went right to John Hughes. So I can remember like getting ready for that audition and like getting my hair curled. And I remember what I wore, a white sweatshirt and a white hat. Like I remember things like that. So I think that was, I was, you know, I had done enough to sort of have a little clout to be able to kind of go skip the, skip the line a little bit.
0: Sure. Now at that point, right. You know, being 10, you know, I think about being nine, 10 years old and not knowing my ass for my elbow, but uh, now do you look back on things like that? And like, say to yourself, Holy shit, like John Hughes, Jim Belushi, like, or is this, or for somebody like you that has been in this industry for as long as you have, is it just like, not a big deal.
1: No, really, none of it's lost on me. I mean, I really have always had such an appreciation for like the 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 crafts, whether it's sure. singing or acting or whatever. And you know, I have such an appreciation for other actors and and songwriters and singing anything that I've sort of dipped my toe in. So I knew the I knew how big John Hughes was because Home Alone had just come out, yeah. and obviously, you know, I had known of things like. 16 candles and you know breakfast club and things like that so I I had been sort of like conditioned to know what I was dealing with at the time I always remember like my mom saying you know like you know you're working with Tom Hulse and he just won an academy award for you know whatever Amadeus and you're working with these types of people and you have to you know you have to like always realize like where you are what you're putting yourself into this is like you know this is like i kind of walked into like iconic class immediately which like basically sets you up for disappointment for the rest of your life because nothing (laughs) (laughs) nothing else you do is like as cool as that but no i never i never took it for granted i still don't take it for granted and uh you know i i know that i for some reason at that period of my life i was placed in
0: With keeping that Central Mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center. Again, here in Worcester, dcucenter.com. They are the premier venue here in Central Massachusetts. They are a mid-size arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers
1: these really insane um opportunities and i think that um th- that's never lost on you and you sort of always live in that place even though you're 42 and have three kids and you know driving to basketball practice you sort of always yeah. have that appreciation of like wow that i i was a part of that a part of something like that
0: yeah yeah so <laughs> So we're going to get to the, you know, being in your early 40s and kids and the, and the kind of thing that you get going <laughs> on. Because, you know, we're, we're not far in age, right? But so, like, I, I get what you're, where you're coming from. But, yeah. um, you know, after you're in Curly Sue and that, you know, that does what it does. You know, I remember being a kid and going into the video store. For those of you that are old enough to remember video stores that are listening <laughs> to this. Um, and your face was everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. all the time. Now, now, how much of Curly Sue is actually you, and how much of it was you know, just, just oh my gosh.
1: I uh Honestly, it's probably like 80% me. Maybe more. <laughs> I mean, John really let me do my own thing. I mean, I, I can't, I can remember maybe one time where he like you know, had to like seriously direct me and you know, you know, sort of like manipulate a situation so that I would focus. That was a nine year old kid, you know, Right. but but he, but there was so much, there was so much improv. There was so much freedom. There was, there were so many different tries of we'll try this or try that or, you know, say this or, you know, there's so many moments in the movie that that were improv and that just were sort of off the cuff. It it definitely is me.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that must've been super easy with, you know, the kind of comedic actor Jim is.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all had a really nice flow and, you know, when you're working with somebody for that long, when you're, when you're working with someone for that long and you're sort of living in that process, um, you, you become, you know, you become a family and you become the character. Right.
0: Right. So after the success of that and all that, what, what happens to you after that? Where do you go? What do you do?
1: I think I did a bunch of like very iconic '90s television, and then I was sort of like, I need, I don't, I, I didn't have the same drive for it. I think my passions were shifting, yeah. and I really think that, you know, sure, I could have kept going. I was kind of like at the top of the game, but I had this, I, I just had this need to sort of like slow down and be you know quote unquote a normal kid I always say which doesn't happen when you have lived the first part of your life the way I did um but I moved to Connecticut um my dad created a showtime at the Apollo and he could work out of New York so we sort of like all made this family choice to move to the east coast to be closer to my grandparents and um and I went to a, you know, a, a high school that had an incredible musical theater program. And I fell in love with live theater. And I really started dancing more. I leaned into that. And then in high school, I learned how to play, you know, A through G on a guitar. And after that, it was kind of like, oh, shit. Oop, can I swear?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I try to tell people, don't let your kids listen to this because we have a okay, like, conversation.
1: Great. About. that Now that I know, it's a whole oh, yeah,
0: Al- but, Allison, but, I'm a New Englander. Yeah, you think I swear yeah, on this thing? Yeah, I Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. That's what yeah. I say to my kids in my house. I'm from Worcester, so yeah, right. I, I'm allowed to swear. All
0: right, you're from the um, you womb, know.
1: <laughs> so you know. It was like it unlocked. It sort of was like new level unlocked, and I was like, oh, like this. You know, this is like my jam, and you know, I danced and I sang and I still wanted to act a little, but it was just not. I I think it's sort. I sort of got blocked a little bit with the acting thing. and, And these other things came out as, like, much more of a, I don't know. I just had more passion for them. I had a different appreciation for dance than I did for acting. And singing, which I had started with, was always my first love. And it was always what I wanted to do. So I feel like those were the things I leaned into because they just felt better to me. Acting sort of started to feel forced and scary and just, like, I don't know. And everything else sort of came together. So I left the business almost, you know, pretty much completely until I was like, I think my next professional job, I think I was like on Broadway when I was 19. Damn. Damn. Yeah. I was over it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can't blame you because you were going re- like you were saying, you, you were going.
1: I went hard for a, for a decade. Yeah, I mean, I went very hard for a very long time. And then and then I think I just shifted. And, you know, and then I did uh, Footloose on Broadway when I was 19. And then I came back to L.A. and I was like, maybe I'll try to act again. And I did, like, MTV's Undressed, which was just a disaster. And then I fell into a lot of amazing theater in L.A. I did Hair at the Wadsworth with amazing people. I made friends still to this day. I did the 10 commandments with, uh, which was this insane, like $18 million production with Val Kilmer as Moses. And I met Adam Lambert and, you know, all just, again, like all the people that shaped me best friends for life w- was sort of in that time period. And then I started a band with a girl named Ilsie Juber and, uh, you know, we were signed to Randy Jackson and I started to collaborate and I started to write music And it was just like, this is it. Like, I don't, I never really thought about being an actress again after that, because it was just like, this is what I was born to do.
0: So when you, when you get into the Ten Commandments and, you know, Val Kilmer is Moses and, you know, you said Adam Lambert was in it. No, obviously that was at a time where nobody knows who Adam Lambert is.
1: It was pre, it was pre, yeah, it was pre Adam Lambert, Adam Lambert.
0: Right. right. Now, now, was there any rumbles or grumbles at the time about Adam and his, his potential?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really? mean, if you read, like, if you read, like, the L.A. Weekly or whatever reviews of Ten Commandments, it's basically, like, the show's a mess, but this one guy and this one shit. <laughs> Occasionally it was, like, I was okay, but it was always, like, this one guy, this one guy, this one guy. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of, you know, I mean, we all... You know, I mean, the minute he said he was going to audition for Idol, I remember he went to San Francisco for the audition. And I was like, what, you know, what are you singing? Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, it's done. Like, it's a wash. You're going to win. Right. And then I sort of was with him through that whole process. A bunch of us were. But I can remember, like, picking songs for the week and, you know, and going through and then going to the finale. And he performed with Queen at the finale. And I knew then I was like this. He is going to be he they're not letting him go. And, you know, he didn't win. We were pissed. My friend, like, lit a cigarette in the Nokia theater and we walked out, like, in, like, a rage. Um, And then the guys from Queen literally were, like, at that point wanted him to come join the band. And he said no. He wanted to try his, you know, his solo career. And and we were all like, okay, okay. Yes, we support you. (laughs) It was, you know. But I think we all knew at some point he was going to, he was going to be with them, and I just went the other night. It was his 10th year as their front man, and he's just, he's so incredible. He just gets better every single time I see him perform. He's better.
0: You know, so would you say that you're, like, I I don't want to say BFFs, because it's so cliche, but are you, like, BFFs with Adam Lambert?
1: Oh, yeah. I have been BFFs with Adam Lambert since we were 22. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's twenty. 20 years of BFFness.
0: No, yeah, I gotta say, right? I gotta say, one, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Two, right? I love Queen, right? I love everything that is Queen. I love Freddie Mercury. I love all of that. But I gotta say, right? As much as I'm not a huge fan of people stepping in the, I don't wanna say shadow or in the shoes of, you know, iconic front man like that to like take over. Yeah. Adam does do a hell of a job.
1: He sure does.
0: He does a hell of a job.
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody's ever gonna that. sing
0: like Freddie, right? Like no, and the...
1: nobody, nobody. I, I think that you know, especially Adam doesn't expect that, but he no. he has created his own home there, and you know, you can really tell that the guys just love him and let him do his thing, and it's 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 a beautiful. It's been a beautiful process to watch. It's oh, I, hell I mean yeah. it, It's always been. Um, there's always a moment where you're like, what is happening. Like, how is this the thing?
0: You know, even though, you know, even though he will, you know, this is not a slight towards Adam in the least, but you know, he'll never sound like Freddie. Nobody will ever sound like Freddie. Right. But I think he really embodies the spirit and the theater that Freddie would have if Freddie was still around.
1: Yeah. And I don't think he wants to sound like Freddie, you know, again, like he said, no, he wanted to sound like Adam and he, has always been really clear that you know he will never, nobody will ever replace Freddie or or right. even fill his shoes, but that but he's created his own, you know, his own moment there, and it's just beautiful and amazing, and he's amazing, and ridiculous, and just, <sighs> he's just so fabulous. So he did
0: Idol, and what? He, uh, oh God, was that he did founding? Idol.
1: I don't even remember. Sorry, there's a garbage truck that's about to drive by. Just if right. you hear it, no problem. Um, LA living. He, d- he did Idol in God. I don't even know. Two, I just looked Tech it up. Was... was 2004, so it was like what 2005, 2006.
0: Uh, it, from what I just looked up on my desktop right in front of me, it said 2009.
1: Oh, that's right, because he did Wicked first. Yeah, so. That makes sense. And then I went oh, to the okay. Voice two thousand sixteen, and he was there through that whole process with me. It was very, it's very strange.
0: Yeah. So very strange wh- times. Why didn't you follow
1: him to Idol? I don't know. I I was never gonna do that. I don't know why. I think because I had a career before, and sure. so I always thought that it would look kind of lame. If I I think that was like a mental thing for me. I had just always thought that that's not my, that's not it for me. Like, that's not my my path. Sure. And and then I think by the time I, like, maybe could have, would have, I was, like, too old, right? Like, age cutoff was, like, very young for Idol. I think it was, like, 26 or, I, I'm i not sure. But it was just, I, I, I never wanted to do a singing competition. That was not the plan.
0: Hmm. This is where the people at The Voice need to change the station because... <laughs> um so so after that right there's a, there's like six seven years in between you know you being with adam through that whole idol experience and then you going yeah. to the voice in 16 so how did yeah. what happens in that almost you know just under 10 years
1: i was in a band for like six of them which started off it was me Ilse juber and l king we were called the canyons and then l left oh, to hold, go
0: hold on you were in a band with l king
1: i know right Holy yeah.
0: Shit. Is yep. that music still out
1: there? So Elle, the only song that would exist with us, with Elle, well, she's not, she might be on it. She might sing backgrounds on it. I can't remember. It's called Black Moon. That's a Canyon song that, she, that we wrote with her. And then she left the band to do her solo stuff. And a guy named Jordan Lawhead came in. And then we really, was like the three of us and this guy named Jason Reeves, who wrote a lot of the Colby Calais stuff. He was sort of our ghost writer. And it was, the four of us really wrote all of that music for the Canyons. And we opened for Adam actually, um, at the fa- at somewhere, at two two different places during his Glam Nation tour. We opened for him, um, and it was going cool. It was great. We had made a record. We were you know kind of doing all this random stuff, and then I don't know. It was just kind of like nothing was really happening, and so I, uh, I actually, you know, I met my whatever. Remet my first husband and I and then I was like I think I want to have some kids and get married and maybe it's time to just give up this rock star day I had had another band before I was like I don't know it's like not happening let me just go have some kids real quick so I got married I had two kids <laughs> in two years I love that. <laughs> and I'm like you know
0: now we got to thank our friends on the north shore the porch southern fair and juke joint our buddy Jonathan host is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com
1: nursing a baby and I was like I'll do a show and I did the show and my friend was like by the way I submitted you for the voice and I was like what no like I'm not doing that I have two kids that are like you know I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old like there's no way and he was like yeah whatever see what happens and literally like a few days later I got an email asking if I wanted to come straight to you know whatever the final produce I don't even know it was like you know kind of head of the line thing and i was like what the heck and so i you know i was like all right like i guess i'll go sing some stuff and i had made a record i had made who we are and released who we are just before that and so i was like it'll help the record maybe i don't know maybe i can make another one um you know this record that i had made was like you know I wanted it to be the thing that sort of catapulted me back into the music business, but it ended up being the voice, <laughs> being the voice, sort of at the same time. So it all worked out, I guess, in my head at that time. But it was it was a weird it was a weird experience, you know, because I I just wasn't expecting what happened to happen until my blind audition. And then I was like, oh, this is about to go down. I better you know buckle up and you know enjoy this experience because it's, this is happening now
0: right right now do you, <laughs> you we've talked to, to a shit ton of people that have done the voice right and everybody's story is is similar and different all the same time unfortunately uh-huh. i haven't oh that's a lie i've had one other winner maybe winner i don't know um on the show everybody uh-huh. has been a, every, everybody else has been the losers you know, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but for you winning the voice, was that how does that compare to you know if you would have gone, you know, without winning?
1: I don't know.
0: Oh, that's a good point, right? You don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
0: wow, you're probably like Jim is the stupidest motherfucker in the no,
1: universe. no, I mean, I like. That's right. You know, I, who knows? Like, I could have not won, and then someone had been like, How did she not win? And, you know, I'm going to sign her or whatever. I don't know what, but, but I think that the, the point of me doing that show in my life anyway, about to get deep. So get ready. Let's do it. Was for me to have a win because not that I felt like I had failed, but I wasn't sure that standing on a stage and singing was going to be it for me anymore. And I, and that I was now like a stay at home mom. I was in this marriage that was kind of, eh. And, no. uh, and I, <laughs> heard I love of, how you, you know, like
0: so gently said that. Eh.
1: It was just yeah. eh, was and,
0: just
1: I, and I kind of had lost myself in that regard, you know? And so the voice sort of put that into perspective for me and, since then, you know, and it was not easy. It was not an easy process. The aftermath of the voice was real shitty. It was not really? what I expected. It was not what I hoped for. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about that a ton. You know, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Right. Um, but, but, you know, I never stopped after that. Making music, putting music out, playing shows, touring, doing anything I could do to kind of continue that momentum because you don't have any help to do sure. that. So, you know, for me in my life, that was the sort of the kick in the ass that I needed to continue doing that, mm-hmm. which now I know is what I need to be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what made you, I, I hate beating the voice to a dead horse. I really do because <laughs> I can't, I personally can't stand these kind of shows, but yeah, you know, you get some good talent out of it every now and again. Yeah, right? oh yeah,
1: yeah, very good. Are you there? Uh oh. Did you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. You're back.
0: Sorry, my my alarm went off to uh, take my crazy. Uh oh.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, so what I said was, uh, I don't know if you heard me, but what made you choose Christina for The Voice and not Blake or Pharrell or Adam?
1: I think... um, I think I just knew... Well, first of all, the caliber of... You know, the star star quality of Christina to me is far more great (gasps) Ben. What? Ben. <laughs> what did you say? So when it came when it came to me wanting to learn from someone, you know. Yeah, no, she. As a female, as a female vocalist with children. Yeah. I was like, you know, there was really only one option. Oh hell me. yeah! You know. But... Um. You know, I loved Pharrell. Pharrell was going to be my pick. I loved Blake because I was doing country, or I was trying, you know. I had dipped my toe into that world with the Who We Are record and I I knew that I wanted to be in that in that zone ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I just felt like if I'm gonna do this, I'm doing it with her. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, and you know, you are absolutely spot on. You know, out of out of your choices, she is the the one. You know, she's got the all around talent, she has the all around star power. Like you're out it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what you're going through all this, right, and and doing it, and you eventually win, right? We've heard the horror stories of people that don't win. So, what, when you said, you know, it was a shit show, and again, um, I know you've talked about this a ton, but we kind of go over it again for people that may not have heard it. Um, mm. So, what, what had happened once, you know, once the lights go off and the finale is done and you know, Allison Porter is season 10's winner.
1: I went to New York to do press. And on the way home, I called the A&R guy who I was assigned to and was like, let's go. I'm ready. I What about this song? Can we release this? Da, 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 da. I have this guy I could work with. Let me go back and make another record with Matt Rawlings. How about this guy? I could work with this guy. Let's put out a song with Adam. Let's, da, da, da. You know, I mean all of the possibilities that were endless at that time. And he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, okay, we'll just get back to L.A., and, you know, we'll have a meeting, we'll touch base. I'm like, we'll touch base? Like, what? <laughs> Bitch, we're talking you now. Know? I'm like, what do you mean, you know? And so I came back, and it was like I had a meeting, and when I walked into the meeting, the head of A&R at the time uh, at Republic Records introduced himself to me like we had never met. And I was like, I'm confused, you know, like we've met, we've talked about what kind of record I want to make when I was on the show. Ugh. And he was like, well, you know, how do, how do you think you're going to do this with kids? And I just went, do you have kids? And he said, yes. And I go, well, how do you do it? And from right then, I think he was like, oh, and he did not fuck with me after that, really. Oh my God, except I love for. It except for, you know, I, I was going with this producer and this writer. It was all like, you know, pop and R and B and all this shit. I was like, this is not what I want to do. I'm so confused. Like I have been so clear. And I was like, Hey guys, like, how about this guy, Greg Wells, who's like, you know, the most amazing freaking producer on the planet who I had been writing with, with another friend of mine. And I was like, here's a couple songs, you know? And they were like, whoa, these are amazing. Turns out the guy, the head of a and had at one point or another managed Greg and they did not get along. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus. I'm gonna leave this record company and I'm gonna go with the producer who is a genius and amazing. And I'm gonna, you know, move forward with my life and career without this label. And so a few months after I had signed with them, I literally had to have a lawyer get me released from the contract because I wasn't doing anything. Right. And had I not had great representation and a good manager and had I not known how to like plug along and do, you know, solo gigs or corporate gigs or this benefit or that benefit, I wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. I would have gone home and, you know, raised my kids, which I was doing anyway, but you know, I wouldn't have continued with my career at all because at that point it was like, if I, I, anybody could have given up and it would have been understandable it's like you right. literally get all your dreams handed to you and then you're like standing there naked and cold with your dreams in your hands and the wind is just like whipping you into snowing and Holy you're shit. like okay well shit now i'm out right. here you know i'm out here all alone now um it was a crazy couple of years. I got a divorce. It was wild. Like, everything that was supposed to happen didn't. And yeah. it, I, it kicked my ass a little bit. But, you know, I um, I kept going. I don't know why. I just I kept going. I kept pushing forward. I made a record with, I made another record with Matt Rawlings. I went to Nashville. I wrote it in nine days. Went back, cut it in a couple of days, you know, with great players and a you know, a great engineer. And I just, I kept moving. Um, and I was, I was kind of like doing my thing and I had made this record and I was touring it and we had a bunch of shows and then code hit. And it was like, Oh my God, like momentum was happening. Right. We're starting to move. And then COVID hit. And I was like, shit, like what the hell am I going to do now? And so I, randomly one day, just put online that I was going to do a masterclass, a vocal performance masterclass. And I had like 25 people come. And it started this crazy turn of events with, you know, starting to guide people through their own vocal journey. And so, you know, on the side, I became a vocal coach. And, you know, I sort of was like in a lull artist's artist wise i was just like chilling i had another baby um and and then one day like six months ago i woke up with like four songs in my head and sang them all into a voice note and sent them to my guitar player and was like we're back let's go and we haven't been out of the studio since and i'm gonna release singles for the entire year (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's- so, so it just you know it is what it is like it always comes back around and i've realized that that's success In this-
0: so i think i would be totally remiss if i didn't mention our friends over at 10 thwhiskeycom that's 10th mountain whiskey and spirit company they're out of vale colorado great great friends of ours we um we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey Podcast sent you. Cheers. This
1: Industry. So yeah. now I'm just so, having fun. So you just said a shit
0: ton of things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here for a second, right? Go ahead. Sorry. So. You know, you you had made a comment about, you know, I don't know how I kept going. Well, I do because you, you know, your your enthusiasm and your love for, you know, what you're doing and for your family is very reminiscent of my wife. And I'm not just saying that because she's never going to listen to this, so she'll never hear it. But um, you kept going because you're, one, you're a fucking badass, and two, you're a mom. You guys yeah. are, You guys are built different. There is no yeah. stopping for you.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Stopping is not an option, right? Totally. Um, and like you have a great talent, you know. Uh, you know, your last album came out in what? Right before, right before uh, the Vin yeah
1: 2019.
0: And you know, you've got this new. You got this new song coming out on Friday for, yes. for the holiday season.
1: Um,
0: yes. And um, and I say Friday like like in the, like we're in the future because I know when this yes. is gonna come out. <laughs> uh, the power of making my own schedule. Editing, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, is that some, is this almost like a, I don't want to say a, a kickoff to the, Hey, I'm back, but is it in a way?
1: I think it's a renaissance a little, like sure. it's a little bit of an artistic renaissance for me because I was always hesitant to fully immerse myself into one genre because not to be an asshole, but like I can sing whatever. Yeah. So it, it was, it was hard to pick a genre But I always wrote Americana, country, classic, Dolly Parton, Linda Aronstadt songs. Yeah. Like, the easiest. And and they always made the most sense to me. And even when I sang, like, a pop demo, people would be like, it kind of sounds country. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Like, this is a Britney (laughs) Spears song. And it would be like, oh, you kind of sound... So I was like, okay, look. And I grew up, you know, my dad is like a, you know, a honky-tonk, bluegrass, bluesy country guy. Yeah. And I grew up, you know, who, by the way, is re- he's releasing music this year, too. And I just featured on two songs for my dad. My dad's like Worcester rock star royalty. Well, let's get fucking but,
0: dad on here, too.
1: So we need dad on here, too. Fuck we'll dad. come back. We'll come back. We'll, we'll get dad. Um, we'll
0: do dad. We'll do that. sounded bad. We'll, we'll yes. have dad on in person. Is dad still Good, in, in the area? Yes. Yeah, he's in Worcester. Fuck yeah. We're going to grab a drink. It's going to be great. We're going to
1: go. Amazing. We're going to have a great time. Um, but I, I woke up with these songs in my head, and it was like something happened where, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of, well, here we go. I have been coaching. I've been coaching, vocal coaching on The Masked Singer for the last four seasons. You've done what? Yeah. So I coach all the celebrities in The mask.
0: Is that it's like been a, super
1: amazing. Is
0: this like a, a breaking, like, you're, you haven't told anybody this ever before?
1: No, no. Oh. I mean, it's, it's out there. People know. But, you know, there's always, like, this 50-50 split of, like, am I supposed to be doing this? Because is this going to make it seem like I, you know, can't do my art anymore? But, you know, I was like, screw it. You know, I'm going to trust the universe. I'm going to trust the process. I'm just going to say yes to things that come my way. And so I, in one season met this incredible booking agent, and an incredible PR girl who was working, you know, with one of the one of the celebrities, one of the contestants. And, you know, through that show, I sort of built a new team. And, you know, I I had to move away from some things that weren't weren't working for me. And I really decided like, this is I can do this like I can I don't need a label. I don't need all these things that I thought for all these years that I needed to make this work for myself. And I just sort of started to stand in my own truth when it came to my career and things just started to kind of materialize, call it manifestation, call it divine timing. I don't know, but it just feels like this time, the music, the vibe, the flow, the way people have sort of signed on the people who have played on the record. I mean, my second single Leland Sklar played the bass, you know, he was like, let me do you a favor. Why don't I want to play with you? I mean, I don't know if you know who Lee is, but he's, you know, one of the most iconic musicians yep. on the planet. Yep. Played for James Taylor mm-hmm. and Carol King and Phil Collins and Lyle Lovett and, and me, and you know. Was- and it's like all these things just started to come together. And I just really have like a very major fuck it mentality right now. That. of Like, nobody is going to do this for me. These songs are dope. I'm going to go play them with the people that I love. We're going to have fun. It's going to be great. You know that and that was it and everything just sort of started falling into place so this new music is it's just very simple and yeah. it's very me and it it just feels good yeah feel well, good feel good tunes.
0: well you know you and talking about your you know your style and you know the kind of people you've always kind of written like but you have you also have that kind of you know that that voice, you know, that Dolly, that Linda, that, you know, you have that. Thank you. Yeah, you have that fucking, you know, uh, badass sound to you. Thanks. Welcome. And I'm not just saying that because you're a local.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the new stuff's really cool. It's very different. I'm very excited. Um, it's It's not like anything I've ever done before, and it feels really feels really good
0: that's awesome so now you had mentioned that you're going to release things in 24 you know on the single basis right now yeah is your whole timeline ready to go is all of those songs ready to go
1: yeah i mean they're not all done but they're there's definitely a list sure and we're kind of just chipping away at the list we've got the first two done we got the second two in pre-production i just wrote a new one that i really want to get into the studio and work on and i I really have the most incredible team i mean my my right hand man stefan who is my guitar player in my band and his wife shelly who sings with me they have been so instrumental and my best friend from high school drew mckeon who plays drums for michael bolton he's you know been kind of consulting on this project and writing a bunch of songs with me and uh, we have a song together that's coming out there's just a there's a, it's just, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of songs too that like have just been sitting around going, you know, release me. So, <laughs> you know, that makes sense in this, in this world. And, and then I think they'll all go on an album and we'll re-release them at some point. And
0: yeah. Oh, add that, a that was going to be my next question is if, if there has been a thought of a, or a discussion of an album or an EP or anything like that, I mean, seeing it's been, you know, at this point, so long since the last one.
1: I think in this world right now, this world of instant gratification and stuff like, and, and, uh, the inability to focus for very long. I really think for an independent artist that singles are the way to go. Yeah. Um, and, and consistency. So if I release something every six weeks and you're getting a new song every six weeks, once you're sick of the first one, I think that is kind of where I'm at right now. And then, you know, we'll play all of them and we'll play we'll play Pink Cloud and we'll play who we are and we'll keep those those tunes alive, too. But I think uh, for right now, my plan, you know, and of course, like as an independent artist, you know, finances are always a, a whole thing, too, especially when you're raising three kids. So I think for right now, singles are what feel right to me but i mean all i ever want to be doing is recording music in the studio like you can ask anyone that's just where i want to live like i would be there all the time if i could so i would love to make an album um when the time is right absolutely yes
0: now now with all of these things you're doing right and obviously the most important is being mom right totally (laughs) <laughs> i i saw the eye roll through the phone
1: uh um, oh, yes. no, no. of course of course it is it really but i love being a mom you, i love being a mom
0: you know what Alison? you certainly are still a new englander through and through I love it so much <laughs> uh, uh, now with all that with everything you're doing right has and the music and all that stuff would you ever consider going on like a real tour
1: yeah, I mean, I am I have dates in March on the East Coast and I'm starting to ramp up. I think, you know, being like a weekend warrior is going to be how it's going to be for a while. Yeah. But, you know, my husband, who I'm I married to now, um, my second husband, the, but my the husband, the current the husband.
0: Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting Tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com, at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live Music.
1: husband um oh you know God. he's he's been a touring dancer for the past you know 13 years he just finished his 17th tour uh with kelly Rowland in australia he just got home and or so he really up. understands he really understands that world and yeah. you know and and our we have a two-year-old and he's just like yeah like let's go so i'm a very supportive partner when it comes to that stuff and i think you know my old my kids are older now they can come they can stay they can go to my parents and go to their dads and so the the dynamic of the family now makes a little more sense for me to be able to do that and yeah I definitely I I I'm I'm ready I'm, I I want to do that very much so so that That's that awesome. is the plan starting you know early 2024 to just get on the road
0: Now do you do you have a plan to come come up here back home for a
1: show I do we're just sussing it out now as far as where and when but yeah, I will be okay. in the area probably March, March or right.
0: April. Well, if you need a place, or if you're looking into a place, let me know because I got a place for you.
1: Great, yeah, of course. I
0: got a place. Got a place. We'll hook it up. I love
1: a place. Let's go. Let's I'm, I'm like,
0: I'm like dead ass serious too. I'm okay, not,
1: I, I'm not too. fucking around. Like I said, it's all about. It's the year of yeses for me. Yes, you know, I love so. it.
0: I love it because you got to come up go. here because we we gotta we gotta hang out and we gotta you know. I I gotta you know I gotta I gotta you're, meet you. You're a gonna moment. go to rice. Right. Yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> oh, dude, we should. We'll take your kids. We'll take my kids. No, fuck that. My awesome. kids gotta stay home. Um, you know, and, oh, that would be great. That would be an awesome time. Um,
1: yeah, I would love that.
0: Let's do it. So, few things to get us to get us through here. Again, I thank you so much for taking the time. I know you don't typically do these sorts of things or like to do these sorts of things. So I, I, no,
1: I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I,
0: I appreciate the hell out of you so much. Um, thank and you. thank you for like actually responding to me on Instagram. That was super cool of you. Like,
1: I like your Instagram profile.
0: Well, do you do a good job. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um,
1: <laughs> your aesthetic was pleasing to me. So I well, said, yes,
0: you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're actually in the middle of kind of revamping the aesthetic too. Um, because I thought it was just getting a little too old. So we're, uh, you know, we're making it a little more like I actually know what the hell I'm doing. So that's kind of cool. Love it. Um, Great. Yeah. You know, I'm trying. Um, what was I even saying? Oh, so because, okay, because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, right? And I know, I know we have a little history with some things. So if you don't want to answer the, his, the whiskey stuff, that's fine. But um, <laughs> what, what are your boots of choice? Do you wear boots being a, you know? being a california girl now
1: yeah i love a I love a boot i love like a a free people boot i love fry boots i love old vintage i love a vintage cowboy boot nice you know i i love an ugg that's like the california cowboy boot oh my god all right
0: tom brady (laughs)
1: with uggs with shorts (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it's a little chilly it's a balmy 70 today
1: yeah it's 73 today
0: yeah we had we had snow overnight here in new england surprise surprise oh my gosh um and it's cold as hell and rainy but of course it is i I don't
1: drink whiskey anymore but my last the last time i ever drank i drank jack daniels so i don't know that's Uh, my girl is that is that whiskey i think
0: yeah, so yeah yeah no that's absolutely <laughs> is that whiskey no, no fireball is not it, whiskey it's
1: been a long time it's been a long time
0: well that's why i didn't want to ask i didn't want you know cause sometimes some people are like well you know i've been sober now for all these years i don't want to talk about it and then others are like yeah fuck it what do you want to talk about you know so oh
1: man i loved i love jack daniels i was yeah. all about
0: it yeah yeah me me too too but anyway um so that's awesome thank you again for so much for coming on and and spending the time here with me and being on the show we I appreciate it so much
1: Thank you so much
0: Anytime anytime and you know I don't know I don't know I got I there's so much we could talk for hours about just
1: Let's do a part 2 Let's do a part 2 it. We'll do it absolutely
0: We'll do it when the, when the
1: when the second single comes out we'll do another
0: we'll, one Or we'll do it when you come up here how's that Well perfect We'll Sounds we'll amazing. record it when you're up here and we'll figure out when to put it out from there perfect awesome Allison thank you so much for for your time I greatly thank appreciate you. it. and um, tell everybody about your song on Friday
1: oh my god okay uh, my song is called meant for me it's coming out on Friday December 1st uh, it is a st- it's a song about like when you d- like when you're like I really don't like you but I love you so much and how to sort of like weather all that and how to be like in a relationship with someone who you're like you are my homie you're my person you've like saved me from a lot of bullshit i help you we're cool we like each other let's do this life together and have some fun so So it's about being married (laughs) yes basically gotcha basically yes um no it is it's definitely about that but it's really just like a feel-good jam and it's sort of this like door opening to this next chapter of like my life and career and i really um i really hope people enjoy it i'm really excited about
0: it well we're super excited and um you know maybe i'll email you about something but maybe we'll even be able to play a little bit here on this episode, maybe, maybe.
1: Amazing, maybe. yeah, of course, please. Um, so
0: yeah, well, anyway, Allison, thank you so much for everything, and you've been a you've been a pleasure, and you know this is it's it was a dream come true to talk to Curly soon.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> All right, Allison, thank you so much, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch. I know how to get a hold of you, and again, I, awesome. I appreciate everything.
1: Okay, talk to you
0: Thanks. soon. See ya. See ya. Bye. All right. I hope you're ready. Here's a little tease of Allison's new single being released Friday, December 1st, which is this coming Friday, two days from now, meant for me, Allison Porter. Here's a little bit of it. I hope you enjoy it, guys, because it's absolutely great. This song is fantastic. You're gonna want to check it out on Friday when it's everywhere. Cheers. Enjoy, guys.
1: Sometimes when I cry the tears come flowing like a stream I can't believe how much I feel, I wish that I could scream Then we laugh and talk about our wild history And I remember you were meant for me Oh baby
0: Well, there you have it everyone again Allison thank you so much for coming on the show today it was so nice talking to somebody that is you know from home and doing you know really kick ass big things it's so awesome um if you've never seen Curly Sue go check it out such a great funny as hell movie um you know and I love you know I, we actually went back and watched it after we talked and um you know after talking to her about you know who she is and who she played and how she played it, you know. And it just, it actually made me laugh the whole, a little harder this time around. So, Allison, thank you for everything. You know, it's, it's hopefully, you know, it was as enjoyable for you as it was for us. So, thank you again, um and hopefully, we will see you up here in the spring when you're up here. And, you know, we are we're doing what we can, man. So, thank you so much again. Um, and thank you all for, for tuning in, you know, super cool of you. We appreciate it so much. And we hope you enjoyed the tease of mint for me. It was awesome. Um, let's see, what do we got? Um, Friday jet Jurgens Meyer is here on the show. Great, great singer, songwriter, actor. Um, he was buoyed on last man standing. So check it out. He's got such a crazy story as well. Um, I hope you enjoy that. And then next week we have some big episodes coming out um, with some big heavy hitters. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoy your weekend or you know what? No, I hope you don't enjoy your weekend. I hope you come back on Friday and then you can enjoy your weekend. Um, No, in all serious guys, thank you so much. And as, as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, here at the boots and whiskey podcast, it's all about real people, real stories, real country. Thank you all so much for being here until Friday, guys. Keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, y'all. Good night.